Welcome to Intuitive Seek. My name is Mary Treen, and every week I aim to bring you a grounded approach to all things intuition. Through personal stories, experiences, and practices, offering energetic reflections to help you discover, connect, and fully realize how your unique power of intuition is your own greatest teacher. Welcome back to Intuitive Seek. Thank you so much for being here and listening. I appreciate it so much. And I will probably say that at the beginning of every episode. So get used to it. Okay. (laughs) So how's everybody doing? I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you are feeling a freshness in the air with spring coming and maybe even if it feels like they, there may be a lot of chaos going on around you and a lot of uncertainty, maybe a lot of stepping back into similar places that maybe you were last year. I know that's happening in Canada for sure, where I live, but in Vancouver, where I live. But um, I hope, I hope that you're able to find some space for yourself in all of that and just remember your reality instead of focusing most of your energy outside, which is kind of the usual place to do it, especially with social media and all the fun things that can take our attention. But if you're not, then, you know, take this as a sign to figure out why you aren't, to maybe turn off the phone, to even save this podcast for another day and sit with your own thoughts. Maybe ask yourself when the last time was that you went for a walk or a drive or any kind of commute without music or without a podcast, without a book without something that was entertaining you, but really was something else to focus on or is something else to focus on other than your present, where you are. And that can be hard because like, I love music. I love listening to podcasts. I love reading. I love all the things that you can consume entertainment wise. I love it. Anything somebody creates that's up my alley, I'm totally there for it. But I do know that many times I will be reaching for my phone or my iPad to put on, you know, that podcast and I'll feel that intuition, that intuitive hit, that nagging feeling in your stomach or that whisper, that little voice that's saying, maybe don't listen to something right now. Maybe don't flood your senses with somebody else's information. Maybe just don't do that right now. And I know personally, that is probably one of the things that I resist the most. Because I want to listen to the music. Like, I don't want to. It's like, I don't know if anybody relates to that, but it's like, Sometimes the thing that will serve us the most 
the answers we're looking for are right there, but we just have to kind of make that choice that we don't normally want to make. It's much more fun to just kind of zone out, listen to the music, and just enjoy. And there are times to do that, but there is some really amazing guidance and clarity that you can find pretty fast if you just make that very quick choice instead of consuming. Stop putting things in so that you can feel what is already there. And probably the reason that I'm even speaking about this is because it's something that I really have to remember. Because I love going for walks and listening to podcasts with interesting interviews of people that I admire. But it's so important to spend that time once in a while, I mean, at least once a week, I would hope so, to just be with yourself and remember what it's like. I hear and I say quite often, you know, cut out the noise, cut out the the chatter in the brain and all of the all the internal noise which is very important but it's also incredibly important to cut out the external noise the physical noise the things that we actually do on purpose that may be really fun or it may just be kind of like a knee jerk muscle memory reaction Like before, when I was working in my corporate job and I had to get up quite early, I would always listen to podcasts while I was getting ready and having my coffee and having my breakfast and all of those things. And I had like specific ones every day to, you know, get me through because I really hated my job. And so I, when I didn't have to do that anymore... I still did that. I would wake up really early and go into the kitchen and turn on the podcast and start making the coffee. And then one day I realized maybe this quiet time in the morning, maybe, maybe this is a, maybe this is some good time. Maybe there's some, some gold here that I may be missing because I'm just going with the flow and doing what I had always done. And there's nothing wrong with starting your morning that way, but I wasn't doing it consciously anymore. It was just part of my routine. So I think it is, um, and feel that it is a really important thing to remember. Whatever you're doing, is it because you want to do it? Is it because you should be doing it in that moment? Like that's the best thing for you to do? Or is it because it's just truly a routine. Conscious about all the things. That is such a key to being able to listen to our inner knowing and to know when we're making conscious decisions. How can we trust ourselves if we're not even fully sure if we're making the choice from a grounded, like conscious, present place? And the only way to know that is to practice it. And the only way to practice it is to be with ourselves. I've personally found anyway, because anything that I say, 
constantly, always, and I'm sure you do anyway, take it with a grain of salt because what you think and what you believe and what is true for you, honor that. Honor your right to agree, honor your right to disagree, and honor your right to change your mind because that's what I offer and honor for myself too. Okay, beautiful reminder for me and hopefully helpful for you too. So today I wanted to continue with my story on how I discovered that Reiki was part of my purpose and energy healing and reconnecting to my intuition. So to pick up where we left off, I had just gotten off the bus and I had my intuition tell me that the woman I saw on the bus was in my Reiki class which I didn't know that, but it was a really, it was just like, it was as if somebody had told me already and I was remembering it. That's what it really felt like. As if I had remembered it and thought, oh, she's in my Ricky class. That's right. But she was a stranger and I didn't know her. But we walked across the street together, walked into the door And there we were. We were both going to this first level one Reiki training. And that was such a beautiful nod, a real sign that, okay, I think, I think I'm in the right place, but also very, very, very nice for me. Because if you remember, I kind of thought I was getting scammed. Like, I wasn't even sure there was going to be a real Reiki training because I hadn't heard from the teacher or any information since I had paid for it the few weeks before. So we walked in, and there were seven other women, or six other women. There was the two of us and then six other women. And it was a really nice building. It was, um, the only reason I'm speaking about the building is because it was also a sign for me. There is this certain smell and kind of cozy feeling that certain buildings that have um, wooden frames and that have a nice amount of time that they've been around, there is this, this smell, this scent. I can't really explain it. The only way I can explain it is if you've had the privilege of going to Disneyland in Anaheim. Anaheim, California, and you have been to the haunted house. Now, I was last in Disneyland when I was 13, which, okay, so 25 years ago, this is how the haunted house smelled in Disneyland. My favorite place, the haunted mansion, it had this amazing scent. And throughout my life after I was 13, I would go to maybe a friend's house or just a new space. And if it had that scent, that, and not musty, like, of course, these are kind of old wooden buildings, but there's this very familiar, soft, cozy, I would kind of describe it as like a smooth warmth where the air is still but not stale. So it's like 
a place that when I smell a place like that, it makes me very, I suppose it makes me feel very safe because it's so lovely. And why did I describe the scent of the hallway and the building of where I did my Reiki training for the last 10 minutes? (laughs) I really feel like it is to remind and remember to pay attention to those things, to pay attention to when a space feels good to you and maybe it's feeling good because, and then you kind of pay attention to that. Is it because of the way it smells? Is it because of the way it just hits your senses in a certain way that makes you feel calm and comfortable? Because that's your body telling you something is right. We pay so much attention to when something is wrong. But it's very important to know when something is right too. And that's, I feel like, why I am being so specific about this like very kind of simple story of my Reiki training. But not so simple, you know? Just like life. So we walk in. There are six other women plus the teacher. Oh, and I have to say, this is the best part about it for me to remember. I was so worried about what it would be like. Of course, I had so much anxiety about it. And I felt kind of insecure about, oh my goodness, okay, so this is Reiki. Like, what is that? I've had it done to myself, but I don't really know what it is. I know that I'm supposed to be learning it, but why? And I kind of judged myself completely and judged the people that were going to be training that, oh, they're spiritual. So, you know, they're in this higher plane, maybe more enlightened, like just a better version of a human. That's how I judged it. So I felt very, um, I felt insecure about just going as myself. That's what I remember. I was very unsure about like, do I even put makeup on? You know, I'll bring my lunch. Should it be really simple? Like, I don't want to offend anybody with like, maybe it not looking healthy enough or I don't know. It was, it was all of those things that I'm hoping you can understand and relate to this because It was so telling how I was reacting, was so telling to how I was reacting to my whole life. I didn't think that I could be myself. I was worried that I wouldn't be accepted or that who I was and what I liked and the way I was in all aspects was not good enough or not exactly what somebody who did this kind of thing would be. Instead of wondering if it would be a good fit for me, I was wondering, would I be a good fit there and for this kind of work? And really, when I was like that and in that space, that insecure, anxious, worried, all of that is, I was just in my head completely. I was not in my body I was not grounded. I was not present. I was not in any of the space that I would need to be to be able to learn and 
give Reiki. And really to kind of extrapolate that out into my whole life, back then, that is how I was living. And how could I have thought that I would be able to be satisfied and find my purpose when I was worried about and focused on whether the life that I was living and had and everything I was doing, whether, whether I fit into it, not whether it was for me. It reminds me of that movie, Runaway Bride, where Julia Roberts is the runaway bride. So she was engaged so many times, walked down the aisle, and then at the last moment, ran away. And then Richard Gere, you know, this was their big team up after Pretty Woman. It's like 15 years later or whatever. And <laughs> Richard Gere is the reporter who's going to, you know, look into this, uh, this crazy woman who's running away from all of her fiancés. And of course they fall in love. But it reminds me of the runaway ride because she was constantly just trying to fit herself into the lives of all of these men that would propose to her. And then the men thought and were sideblinded when she, she would run away from them because they thought that she was perfectly happy. Everything was working. But she wasn't looking at her life from, does it work for her? Does it fit into her life? She didn't even know what kind of eggs she liked. She only liked the eggs that each one of her fiancés liked. And that was, you know, the big thing at the end. Richard Gere asked, how do you like your eggs? And she didn't know. So then he cooked her different eggs every day. It was very romantic. But it reminds me about that because that is, I feel like a very normal way to live, especially for women. And especially when we are searching for our purpose, for our satisfaction, for our life to begin, all the cliches when we're searching for it outside of ourselves. And little did I know that by walking through that door into that first Reiki training, I was finally kind of flipping that switch. And on the way to realizing that everything that I was looking for, all the answers, they were already there inside of me, just waiting for me to find them. And it wasn't too late. I didn't miss out. It was all on time. And I say that because at the time, I felt like I was running out of time, that I had missed the boat, that I had missed my chance at having a life that felt fulfilling, a purpose-filled life. But I didn't. I was on the way. Okay, so I meet the teacher, and I tell her my name, and she says, oh, I wasn't sure if you were coming. You were the only one that didn't respond to my emails. Emails? Like, excuse me? What? <laughs> I was shocked. I said, oh, I, I didn't get any emails. I wasn't even sure if it was happening today. Truly. Like, I didn't even know 
what was going on? And she was like, oh, well, that's good to know. I thought that you just weren't responding. I sent out a whole welcome email telling where to park and where we'll have lunch and what to expect. Literally all the things that I had wanted to receive, but did not. And I checked my junk mail after that and I couldn't find it. And I thought, well, that is really weird. How many times had I not received other emails? It was crazy to me. So I was very happy that it was real. I apologized, of course, that I didn't reply because I didn't receive them, but I was happy to be there. And then I looked on the table and there was like all these snacks, a little bit of chocolate, some nuts. And I was like, okay, so this is not, you know, the teacher even had a coffee. I had blown up this whole thing that the only person or people that can do this type of energy work and really connect to universal energy had to be extremely clean and clear and wear only white and be very careful and meditate 20 times a day and all of that stuff. So from the coffee and the table with the chocolate, I thought, all right, I think this is okay. And then she said we were going out for lunch and I thought, ah, don't even have to eat the rice and beans that I brought with very minimal spices because I, uh, my anxiety took it a little, a little far. And I was trying to, I was trying to, I don't know. I was trying to do, I was trying to fit in, just like I was saying, into some kind of picture of something that I thought I had to be, and it didn't even exist. And then there I was ready to eat a lunch that I didn't even like. So funny. So we sit down and she starts to, you know, we do introductions and everybody seems really lovely. They all had really nice energy. There wasn't anyone that seemed annoying, basically, which I was worried about as well, because I am a very empathic person. And I, from that point, had kind of tailored my life to not join any kind of groups or be around a lot of people outside of my work because I was around a lot of people all the time in my day job. It sounded like death to me to sign up for that outside of work because it was always very, very distracting to be around all of these people that had all of these different emotions and all of these different reactions and I would notice them really quickly and it would just make me really anxious and then I would get irritated and it was so uncomfortable because I was not consciously taking care of my energy at all. But I was learning, I was going to learn how, which is the most important thing. So I won't go into like full detail of exactly what the Reiki training was like, but she went through the history of it. And one of the main points that I really enjoyed about it, though, was that the man who founded this healing modality was Makao Usui, who is a Japanese a man who is passed on. But he brought it at the first Reiki studio that he created was in 1922. And then he brought it with two of his um, kind of co-workers, students. They brought it to the West. So it was created in Japan as a universal energy healing modality. And the symbols are Japanese. But 
as far as I know, as far as I understand, that it was intended to be universal. And I really perked up at the idea that it was founded in 1922, because that was not that long ago. And it makes sense that this very simple, but very effective and profound modality was created in kind of the new world. So the training was lovely, but the one thing that really stands out for me is that I was fighting with myself and my, you can call them limiting beliefs about myself, that I just was not always worried that I was not doing it correctly. So I would feel comfortable and feel like I, oh, I really, I understand this. Like there was moments, especially right at the beginning where I realized, oh, I have kind of been doing something like this, maybe my whole life. Like I kind of had a remembering that way, but then to learn it specifically and how to harness it and how to work with other people and offer it to them, that was amazing. But at the beginning, because like any kind of study, you need to learn the foundations. And there was a very specific way to offer Reiki to people and a specific way to work on their body, meaning hand positions, where and when and how to do it. And I got so in my head that... I mean, I was my, I can imagine, I can picture myself with my shoulders, like up to my ears, trying to do it perfectly. And at one point, the teacher kind of put her hand on my lower back and went, you know, engage your core. Like, I don't want you to hurt your back. Like, this looks like it hurts you. Are you in pain? Like, is this bad? And I remember feeling like really embarrassed that, oh, I can't stand up properly. Why am I even here? Like that real inner critic, perfectionist battle. I don't know. Hopefully um, you can relate to what I'm speaking about because looking back, I can speak on it now and not feel too much embarrassment about it because I just really feel a lot of compassion for my younger self because I created all of this on my own. Like nobody was putting pressure on me. And I remember the teacher said, because I was at, um, we all would practice on each other. And so there would be like three of us kind of practicing in the hand positions on one person. And I was at the head of one of the women. And this is when the teacher said, doesn't, doesn't this hurt your back? And I wasn't even, I couldn't even really focus on whether it hurt or not. All I knew is that my ego was hurt because I wasn't doing it perfectly. And she said, you know, a lot of people, practitioners, people I know, they use a chair when they're kind of at the head because we are doing this for a while. And sometimes it's not comfortable to stand just depending on how high the table is and how tall you are. And I am a taller person. So that did make sense. But I took it as a total criticism that something was wrong with me. I can't do this. What was I even thinking? How would I even administer Reiki if I can't stand for more than 10 minutes in one spot? You know, my, oh, I'm so not in shape and now I have to, I should really start exercising more. Like true spiral. 
of insecurity. So then we stopped doing the traditional ones. She's like, okay, so now that everybody kind of knows that, let's do one using our intuition. And that is when I perked up and I thought, oh, okay, so now we kind of have a license to do the Reiki the way that we feel like we should do it. So I went over, it was my turn, and she's like, just go to wherever you feel like you should be administering the Reiki, like wherever in their body that you feel like you are called to put your hands there. And so I walked over and right away, I just got this flash of thought and a picture of a shoulder in my imagination. And so I thought, oh, okay, well, probably the shoulder, like very quickly, very like one, two, three, not really thinking about it, just going with it, following my intuition. So I put my hands on her shoulder and I think it was like my right hand was on her shoulder and then my left hand was kind of on her bicep, like upper arm. And you're supposed to like really administer, you know, you're practicing, you're supposed to go around the body and just figure it out so that the teacher can help and see what you're doing. But I kept trying to move my hands, but then my intuition, like my, I would feel in my solar plexus, my stomach is usually where I feel it of this kind of like, Oh no, stay there. So I told the teacher, I was like, I don't know exactly why, but I feel like I should just stay here. And the woman was like, yeah, it's really, this is really like, she really was enjoying it. She said that it was feeling very nice. And so when I was finished, when my time was up, the woman said, that's amazing that you went straight to my shoulder. And I said, oh, really? She said, yeah. She's like, that has been the chronic problem of my life. And that is exactly where I would have wanted it to go. And I feel really relieved and quite a release and lightness of tension and pain And thank you so much. Like she was really, really grateful for whatever, whatever I had done. Cause I didn't know what I was, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was just floored. I was floored because it was another thing that happened that day where I didn't know why, but I followed the why or the feeling and it was right. And I couldn't rationalize it. And I was so used to figuring things out with my mind. And this didn't make any sense, but the results and the proof was right there. And she was such a lovely person. And she was like, wow, you really are meant to do this. I hope that you do this. Like she was very quite formative in me understanding that this is going to be a big part of my life moving forward. It was just beautiful. Oh, and the clock just turned to 4.44. I love it. So after the training, and I'm sure throughout this podcast, I will kind of go back and forth in stories about my trainings. But I remember I was walking home and I was feeling so excited. Like I was lit up. I was not... And it was different because I wasn't kind of 
outside of my body, like very like floating. I wasn't like that. I was really grounded, but so happy. Yeah, that's what it, it was not a very common occurrence at that time in my life. And so that's what it was. I was so happy and I was just walking home and so excited. And I remember because I used to always like to have wine and I was walking home and I was so excited and I was like, oh, I should celebrate. I should get a little, uh, like a nice bottle of wine. And then my intuition said, I felt it in my stomach. It said, but you don't really need to. Like that, you don't need to numb yourself out anymore. Even if it's only like one or two glasses, like you don't need it. But I didn't listen to it. So I did get some wine. And then, because it just, it took me a while before I realized, oh, actually I don't need alcohol in my life. It does not serve me at all. But that's another story that I'll tell at a different time. So I was walking home and then, of course, even though I was so excited about what I had just found and learned and understood and realized like all all the exciting expansive words like I was I was elated but as I got closer and closer to my house that doubt that self-doubt that kind of practical brain started creeping back in And I, even though I was so elated, I started to think, I cannot be an energy healer. This is, nobody is going to believe it. People are going to think I'm crazy. Am I going through some kind of weird, like, almost midlife crisis? Like, what's happening here? Like, I really started to lose that connection to myself. My fears just really started to take over. And I was just a few blocks away from my house, now feeling a little bit down and unsure and uncertain. And I asked for a sign. I said, okay, well, if I am supposed to be doing this, really, this thing that I'm so afraid of the judgment and the ridicule and the disbelief that may come with wanting to do this thing that is not proven to work, but it's not disproven. Show me some kind of sign. I need some kind of sign. So I looked to my right and on the ground in the sidewalk next to the building was this stone mosaic of the address of the building that I was looking at. And it was beautiful. And there was like a tuft of grass around it, but it looked very much like, you know, the secret garden. Like it was very, it looked pretty magical. And the number of the building that was set in this beautiful stone mosaic was 1922. The year that Makao Usui created his first Reiki studio the year that I perked up so much about, 1922. So I took a picture of it to remind myself that I am supposed to be doing this. And I will put that on my Instagram so you guys can see it. But it was just, it was amazing. And it was so simple because 
to anyone else, that wouldn't make any sense. But because I was tracking how I was feeling during the training and really, you know, felt and was lit up by that number, when I saw it on the sidewalk just a few blocks away from my house in a really gorgeous, like aesthetically very beautiful, in a gorgeous way, it was exactly what I needed. I didn't need a lightning bolt from the sky. I just needed a gentle nudge to keep me going, to keep me on my path, which is funny because it was literally, you know, etched into the path that I was walking, which I just realized now. So that's even more beautiful. I was basically asking if I was on the right path. And then I was given a sign to keep going literally on my path. So thank you for listening to this episode of Intuitive Seek. Please reach out to me with any questions or ideas that may have come up for you during this episode. You can follow me and message me on my Instagram at treenlight, T-R-E-E-N-L-I-G-H-T, or email at hellotreenlight at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, and if you feel called to leave a review on iTunes to help other people find this podcast, that would be very generous. They only care about the five stars. It's just true. So I appreciate it, but only if you, only if you feel called to. So thank you again for taking the time to listen and be kind to yourself. And I'll talk to you next week.